Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Welcome our online folks as well, so those on uh, worshiping through the internet, and I want to invite you to open up your Bibles. We're going to turn and look at two different places in our Bibles. We're going to be in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and then we're also going to turn in our Bibles to the book of John, John chapter 6. So those are the, to be the two places, so you have the opportunity to go ahead right now and turn to those two places. And this is a message on relationships. And this whole theme for the month of February is on strengthening our relationships. Now, this passage that we're going to read here is talking about a cord, a cord of three strands. And we're going to look and see what the Bible says about that, because I believe if we aren't careful, our rope, our strength will break. If you are here, I hope those in sanctuary uh, received a bulletin, a, uh, a worship guide. You can follow along here because I'm going to reference later on. Those online, maybe you can go on our church website and always access every single bulletin we have. So you're, you're able to follow along as well on, online for that. But we are rebuilding so many different areas of our lives. Even, even the area of coming back to church, the area of your commitment to Christ, maybe the area of uh, family relationships that you once were very close to folks in your family, and you just haven't seen them very much anymore. You maybe talk through the phone, through the internet, and that's just not the same we're going to see here. So our goal is as we in our spiritual lives, in our personal, in our family lives, want to rebuild and re-strengthen our relationships, our friendships, our marriages, we need to be aware that there is an enemy out there who the Bible calls the devil who wants to destroy and isolate us. Isolation is the danger Isolation is what hinders so many of our personal relationships with each other and certainly with the Lord. So our goal today, these scriptures we're going to look at, we want to say, God, am I finding myself being attacked in these different areas? Do I have a three-stranded cord that is strong, that's holding the line? So that's what I want you to turn. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We're going to read verses 9 through 12. And before we read it, I have a picture of a cord up here. I want to show you. Now, a lot of times this scripture we're going to read, this is very common in weddings. For example, you might be getting um, uh, an invitation to go to a wedding or get married. And all of a sudden you see uh, this um, I've even seen couples will come up there and sometimes a minister, he's tying one of the cords and each couple's tying the other. And it kind of, it looks like a, um, maybe a shape of a cross and it basically builds a cord. That's our scripture we're going to be looking at here. That's when we start hearing about the three-stranded cord out of the book of Ecclesiastes. This is where it comes from. And we're going to interpret this in the context of accountability, the context of marriage, and also the context of making sure our relationships 
are certainly strengthened. Look at verse 9. Look what God's Word says here. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. That is absolutely true. Two are better than one. Two people hold each other accountable. That's why God told Adam and Eve, or told Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. God created marriage. God created relationships. God created friendships. Because He knew that humans that He created do not thrive in total isolation. Now, many folks this past year have been isolated. Many folks are coming out of isolation. And that's where we pick up with this rebuilding process. Two's better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. If either of them falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. If you fall, obviously it's very uh, beneficial for you to have someone stick their hand down there and give you a hand up. If you're struggling with something, it's good to have a marriage partner, a spouse, a Sunday school class praying for you, someone there helping you while you're down. And all of us go through periods where we have fallen. Now, obviously, this does not just necessarily mean you've fallen on the ground. It means you are going through a trial. You're going through a difficult time in your life. And the Bible's telling us you need someone to lift out their hand and to pick you up. Do you know of anybody this morning, today's Valentine's Day, do you know of anybody this morning, they're struggling. They are down. They need a hand. God wants you and I to be that person that extends it. I, uh, I won't say I'll never forget, because I probably will forget. Two years ago, I was taking the children to school, back when the children used to go to school, and we were driving down Monticello Boulevard, and my car broke down. And, you know, it's just embarrassing. And when I say broke down, I don't mean like it kind of, like you got to drive, like parts were falling off, and you kind of just were going a little bit. I meant it broke down, and you're stopped where like only thing I could do is roll to the side of the road. I know some of you, maybe you've been in that situation. Like, you're strange, you're not going anywhere. The whole uh, thing dies. Like, nothing works. And we're going to school, and we're obviously not going to be driving in the car any, anytime soon because you turn the key, nothing happens. It completely died. And we started walking to school. Luckily, we don't live very far from the school. So the children were late to school a day, but they walked to school. It was a great experience. We made a learning activity out of it that day. Talking about the good old days when people used to walk to school um, uphill both ways in the snow. So the folks used to do that. They don't do it anymore. But we, um, David, you remember those days? Uh, I used to walk to school uphill both ways in the snow. And nothing stopped, prevented you from doing that. But, um, but when I was going there, this guy recognized, here's this guy. I guess he saw my car broke down. He felt sorry for me. So and I, he's a total stranger. And he asked, because he was taking his children to school. I don't know who this man was. 
And he says, sir, do you need a ride? You know, you always, always are cautious. You don't know who folks are, especially when you're with three children hopping in the car with them. So I thought, no, I'll walk anywhere. But anyway, I just walked into school. Well, he obviously was in a car, so he got ahead of me because he was going to the same location. I saw him. By the time we got there, he had already dropped out off his children. So that kind of verified me, okay, this guy's legit. If he's bringing his children to school. Well, needless to say, he then was waiting on me, and he gave me a second chance. He recognized I was hesitant. He said, sir, do you need a ride back to your car? Because I had to walk back to the car. So at that point, the kids were at school late. I hopped in his car and rode there. That man, that stranger, then helped me with the car. He was telling me experiences about him breaking down on I-75, where his car totally died at one point. And he was truly stranded uh, on the side of the road. And that man offered a lending hand when I was down. I remembered that man. He told me he owned a pizza business. After we got the car fixed, about a week later, I went and bought pizza from his pizza shop to show appreciation for him and what he did. We are appreciative when someone helps when you're down. And I want you and I to realize there are people all around us, guys, they are down. Their car broke down. They're in need of prayers. They are struggling in life. They've gone through a divorce. Their children are being rebellious. They're having tough times. They've lost their job. They're in total isolation, and they need you and I to read this Bible verse. For if either falls, his companion, who's his companion? His companion's you. His companion's me. The companion's the stranger that helped me when my car was broke down. We have to read this scripture and sometimes fill in the blank and say, Lord, that's me. I can be the one to help somebody Give them a, a leg up, a hand up when they're in need. It says, but pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Verse 11. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep each other warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? Now look at this. If someone overpowers one person, two can resist them. That means... It's better for two people to, it's better to be two on one versus you're the one on two if you're in a fight. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Now, if you look here back at our picture of our cord of three strands, you see if you were going to break one of those strands, if we all went repelling this afternoon, not that we need to do that, but if we happened to have the urge and did that and you needed a rope, wouldn't you rather have three ropes tied together than one rope? You want three strands together. God is telling us there is strength in numbers. Now this applies in every area of our life. It applies to your marriage. It applies to your relationships. What is it? Let's put this in context. Number one, what does the core to three strands apply to? Number one, our relationship with God. Our relationship with God needs to be strengthened. We need to recognize that the devil wants to break this relationship. You want a strong relationship with the Lord. One of the ways to do that is you are held accountable at church. That's what Sunday school's for. 
Sunday school is not just for Bible knowledge. Sunday school is also for that friendship and the accountability. Maybe you've fallen out of church a little while. You need to have that brother, sister in Christ to give you that phone call and say, Hey, how are you doing? I want to check on you. Some of you need to have accountability partners that are asking you the tough questions. Are you talking to that person you shouldn't talk to? Are you drinking that stuff? Are you using that drug? Are you reading your Bible? Accountability partner knows your struggles. They're making sure spiritually you are on the right track to growth. When you have that accountability, that strengthens your relationship with the Lord. But not only does does our relationship with God, the core to three strands, apply, it also applies to our personal accountability. Does your spouse know where you spend money? Do folks know the websites you go visit? Is your phone always locked? No one can have ever access to it. Sin breeds in secrecy. When you have an unaccountable lifestyle, when you never give an account, when you never have a job evaluation, when you never have a life evaluation, when no one is looking at you and can speak truth into your life. I tell you, we all need people to say, you're wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. If you don't have a person that can speak biblical truth into your life, you will find yourself falling. You will fall. You, the devil loves to isolate people. Loves people who are not accountable to anyone. I'm a Ravi Zacharias fan. He passed away in May. And it came out this week in the news. And I've read, I've read many of his books. I watched his... Um, he's a Christian apologist. I've watched many of his YouTube videos. Well, after he passed away, a lot of allegations came out against him about um, sexual abuse. And then uh, an investigation went into his board of directors and his organization. And then they hired a private investigator to investigate what was going on. And they released a report this week that Ravi Zacharias, in fact, was doing some things completely inappropriate. And one of the board members this week made a comment. Even though we were on the board, we were not holding him accountable. He was 73 years old, and he still needed accountability. All of us need accountability. Do you know when we die, we will stand before the Lord, and we will give, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, an account of our life. Someone needs to be able to look at how you spend your time, who you talk to online, how you spend your money, and what you're up to. Okay, what is this guy, what is this gal really made of? When you do not have accountability, you are highly susceptible to sin. It's easy because you believe no one's looking. The cord of three strands protects all of us. God told us it's to our advantage when we're under authority. Not only with accountability, one of our core three strands, not only accountability in our relationship with the Lord, 
but also our marriage. You are accountable to your spouse. You know, the Bible tells us in Genesis 2.24 that a man leaves his father and mother and is united with his spouse. And they become one flesh. Couples grow stronger together. As you go year after year in your marriage, you shouldn't be growing farther apart. No. You grow closer together. That's why someone who's been married 50 or 60 years, they can literally finish the sentences of their spouse. They've grown together. They think like one another. The two become one flesh. That's what Jesus, that's what God tells us biblical marriage is like. That is the core to three strands. Where you have a husband, a wife, and you also have the Lord. He is the center. He's holding the marriage together. You have grown together in your relationship with the Lord. If you are living in isolation, you will drift away from God. Isolation leads to this drift and drift away. We were created for community and meaningful relationships. God wants you and I to make sure that we aren't drifting along, living an unaccountable life, and our cord is soon going to break. All right, keep your finger here in Ecclesiastes. And flip over to the book of John. John chapter 6. Now this verse here, many of you are going to see. Preacher, what on earth does this have to do with marriage and accountability? But I'm going to, I'm going to make the bridge. I'm going to try to build it here. Verse 9. We're going to read one verse. I'm going to tell you what's going on. Jesus is with his disciples. And he's been teaching all of these people. Thousands and thousands of people there. Are outside the Sea of Galilee. And he's teaching them. And they're starting to get hungry. Soon you'll be hungry. And when folks get hungry, they start getting antsy. They no longer listen to sermons and they're they're ready to do something. They want to eat. That's what we do. So his crowd is starting, they're, they're ready. And what happens here is when you have thousands of people and you have a shoestring budget, how do you feed these people? Well, They're in luck because they're with Jesus, and He can provide, and He does provide. So, He tells His disciples, hey, we've got to feed the folks. And this man named Andrew, who is Peter's brother, brings him someone. And that's where we're going to pick up. And this has to do with accountability, with being, having a relationship with others. And I'm going to read this verse now. I think if you're not careful, you'll miss it. There's one key word here. Verse 9. John 6, 9. This is Andrew speaking. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what, what are they for so many? Now, what does this have to do with relationships, accountability, And with growing closer to the Lord. Look at this word. There's a boy here. The key word in this verse is the word here. Listen. The boy wasn't over there. The boy wasn't down yonder. The boy wasn't in Louisville. The boy was here. There is power in 
presence. When you are here, God uses you. When you show up in your home, in your present, you're not playing on your phone, you're not watching TV, you give your wife, your children, your grandchildren attention, there is power in your presence. Do you want to grow spiritually? Do you want to see God work in your life? You need to be here. You know, one of the best ways to grow, do you know, I often tell folks, if you come to church all the time and you are just present, you might not really even know much about the Bible. Next thing you know, you'll be a suck on a committee. Then a year or two later, you'll become a deacon. And then after that, then, I mean, you'll get a promotion. You'll be teaching Sunday school. And you think, how do you get all these positions in church? Do you know how you get a position in church? You show up. That's literally it. You are, there is power in presence. If you show up enough at church, next thing you know, you'll be preaching at the church. You just keep on showing up and come and you'll be serving. You'll be doing everything. You just move on up the church ladder in leadership. You might, you might have very little knowledge of scripture, but I have learned the power of being here and not there. That boy, his five loaves and his two fish, he was used by Jesus because he was there. You want, a, you want a dynamic marriage? You need to be present at home. You, want, you will not grow spiritually and have a closeness with the Lord if you come to church once a month. It won't. You will, will not happen. If you find yourself and you're an internet worshiper and you come once a season and you come at Christmas and Easter and you pop in and out at your convenience, your life, spiritually, will suffer. If you don't invest in your children, your grandchildren, if you're an absentee dad, if you're an absentee husband and you're always gone, if you're a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you just don't really talk to your boyfriend or girlfriend very much, they drift away. Your heart doesn't grow fonder and closer in absence. It doesn't. When you're absent from people all the time, you drift apart. God created us with the power of being here, not there. You want spiritual growth? You show up here. You get in God's Word. You decide, I today am going to be here. You're living for the now. You want to see your children get baptized? They get baptized. You get, children learn about the Lord when they come to church. Esther's first two years of her life was spent in China. Do you know in China, they are not teaching people about Jesus, where she came from. She would not have gotten baptized six years ago in China. Do you know why she was baptized today? Because she was here in America and not in China. You parents, grandparents, you want to see your children saved? They need to be in youth group wherever Zach is with Zach. They come up in here, the children's ministry. They come up in VBS. They come up in youth group. They come up through college ministry. 
They're present with the Lord. God is speaking to you and I. And He's saying, where are you? You cannot have close relationships with the Lord, with your spouse, with your children, or your grandchildren by being an absentee person. Having a lot of absences does not help you spiritually. Will not, you will not grow. I read this little magazine here called Living with Teenagers. Our church provides it. I read it, it gives me uh, goals, it teaches me how to be a good parent. I don't know if it's working, but anyway, I was reading it this week. And what I'm about to tell y'all, 20 years ago would not make any sense. Because this would have to be prior to the internet. So if you go back 20 years, and to say 2001, say maybe 23, 24 years ago, late 90s. This is talking about relationships with your children. And encouraging your children and your grandchildren to have what they call real-life relationships. Do you know now, nowadays, children, teenagers, have internet relationships. So when you go on a date, a lot of times the date's not even a real-life date. You go to like Google Hangout and hang out with people on the internet. I know. And this is what it's telling. This is the call to action. It's telling parents what they should do. And I want to read this comment because we would not understand this 25 years ago. Encourage your teenagers to focus on investing in real-life relationships. Now think about that. 25 years ago, what is a real-life relationship? What other relationships do we have? What this magazine article is saying is if your friendships and your relationships are only through a computer, through an app, they're not real. God is calling us to the power of presence, to the power of the three-strand cord. When you have accountability with a real-life relationships, with real-life people, that is what the Bible calls biblical community. That's a biblical marriage. We were not created for internet relationships. We all love the internet, and people are worshiping right now on the internet, but that should, that should be secondary. That's, if you, during COVID season, if you're sick, your focus is on saying, I want to have friends. I want to have a family. I want to have children. I want to have grandchildren that I know in the real world and I'm not, not watching pictures and videos of them. God is calling us to strengthen our real life relationships. And I believe He does that first and foremost with the power of being here. That little boy that was used by Jesus, all he did was show up. He just came to hear a man preach, and he brought his five little pieces of bread and two little fish that he called out of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus took them and said, thank you, and fed 5,000 people with them with 12 basketfuls left over because he was here. Here is a boy. Here is a girl. Here is my wife. 
Here are my children. God has created marriage. God has created the family. And He wants husband and wife, son and daughter, to come here in His presence and worship Him together. The family that worships together, the family that prays together, the family that reads the Bible together, the family that puts the Lord in the center of their life is the family has the friends that's strengthened by Jesus because they are here. Now look here, last thing here. Pull out your little bulletin notes. Online folks, I want y'all to look at this. How does this chord break? We can go back to our chord up here. So we've got this three-stranded chord. You say, how does it break? I'm going to go over quick, quickly three things of how to break a chord. And you, the goal of this is for you to be looking at your life and saying, if I'm doing these things, I need to be careful because it, it will break. It, it will, my relationships, my marriage, my family will suffer because I have been committing this. Number one, neglect. It, it neglect if, you're, if you don't watch your life, if you, aren't, if you aren't on guard, you will find yourself the rope starting to break. You know, I, I had a first this week. I got a, a phone call on my cell number, and I have no clue how they got my number. Probably one of you I gave it to them, but the Jehovah's Witnesses called me. They used to knock on my door. Now they're calling my cell number. Guys, they were smooth. It was really sharp. They called up and said, hey, this is such and such, and we, um, I just want to share some scripture with you. We live here in Lexington as well, and they read a Bible verse out of the book of Jeremiah, and they said, sir, I just want you to know, if you want to learn more, all you need to do is just go to jw.org, and you can learn more about how to have a connect in a small group Bible study and grow in your faith with Christ. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Now, Dave, that sounds innocent. I mean, it was, guys, the Jehovah's Witnesses are now telemarketing us. They're calling you and I, sharing scripture with strangers, and then directing me to a website that I can fill out the little form to learn how to get involved in one of their local Bible studies. Do you know... If I, if I didn't know who the Jehovah's Witnesses were, if I was out there struggling and isolated and I wasn't a born-again Christian, that would be very tempting. Say, you know, that, that, that lady was really kind on the phone. I appreciate her sharing that Bible verse out of Jeremiah. I think I'm going to get out my computer and take a look at that website and maybe join one of their groups. That there, that's how your cord is beginning to break. And you can find yourself going down a road that will lead you away from Christ. Neglect. Someone who falls out of church, maybe they've been out of church for a long time, gets a phone call from a Jehovah's Witness and a special invitation. That's who they're targeting. They're looking for unchurched folks or de-churched people. have gotten out of church and just invite them to connect. Guys, if they can do it, we can do it. When's the last time you called somebody on the phone and shared a scripture with them? When's the last time you 
sent a text with an encouraging word. Brother, just want you to know I'm praying for you today. That, when we are down, when you have fallen, that can easily lift someone up, can lift others up. Number two, prayerlessness. You quit praying, all of a sudden you are no longer dependent upon the power of God. Couples, families should pray together. Do you pray with your spouse? Do you pray with your children? Do you pray for your children's future spouse? Do you pray for your grandchildren to get saved? Those baptisms we had today, that was a result of praying parents and grandparents. People have been praying those children to Christ. They've been praying for them to come to know the Lord. Praying over the time they will come and trust in Jesus and become a young disciple of Him. When you are, when you are not praying to the Lord, your, your cord, it's breaking. And all of a sudden, it's getting weaker and weaker and weaker. The prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. The prayerless preacher is a powerless preacher. The man who doesn't pray for his marriage will one day wake up and his marriage is slipping away. She's wandered off somewhere else. Her heart's no longer in it. Number three, this is how the cord breaks. This is so rampant today with the internet, with phones. Secrets. Sin breeds in secrecy. This is why accountability is so important. Secrets, anytime there's been adultery, I promise you, 100%, there's always secrets involved. There's always this big revelation. These things came out. I couldn't believe she was talking to that person. I couldn't believe he was spending money that way. I had no idea they were up to that when they went out of town. The devil wants to keep your life flourishing with secrets. When you put yourself under accountability, when you live a life with open hands, when people can see everything you've ever done, what you're actually doing, yes, you're losing all your privacy. Privacy also can be very dangerous. It's also showing to those you love the most that I have no secrets. Every marriage, every family is built on trust. Talked about this last week. Secrets erode trust. Secrets break that cord. This morning, do you want to strengthen your cord? Do you want to, you look at your life, say, am I keeping secrets? Do I have accountability? Am I staying faithful in my prayer life to the Lord? Not only that, have I been negligent in certain areas? Once I was very strong. Maybe I've gotten out of the habit of reading my Bible or coming to church. I'm no longer here as that boy was right there, ready to be used. You're over there, and God wants you here. God is speaking to you this morning. Just like these three young folks who gave their life to Christ and followed in believers' baptism. You respond to Him. You want a strong marriage. You want a strong family. You want strong children. You need to say, God, strengthen my cord. Make it strand after strand after strand. Because I don't want it to break. The first step of doing that 
is you committing your life to Christ. The second step of all that, being part of a church family, say, I want this church, Broadway Baptist Church, to hold me accountable. I want a Sunday school class. I want to be a member. I want to be a part of something greater than myself. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. It's time to respond to God. Do you want to walk this aisle and come and pray with me and make a decision to follow Jesus? Or maybe you need, also need to get baptized. You can do that. And this also is your time that you can make Broadway Baptist your church home. David's going to lead us in our song. We're going to sing Trust and Obey, hymn number 500 in your song. But let's stand together and we're going to have our song.